Bar Eve senior basketball player, Devin Graber. So whenever you think of Bar Eve basketball, the first thing that you think of is fundamental basketball. It's just the way it is. And I think the whole reason for that is a man named Charles Albert Cavanaugh. He's, ever since we were little, he's been there pushing us and teaching us the fundamentals of how to, be, how to play basketball. But not only that, Albert's always the first guy to meet you in the morning and come and talk to you and just make you feel like you're welcome. He also has done so much for our school when it comes to the scholarship foundation. And he, he writes so many uh, letters of recommendation for colleges and just so much for the school. He's, he's the reason that Bar-Eve is what it is. Bar-Eve senior basketball player, Kurt Hope. I think uh, he means everything to this school. When uh, every great building has a lot of foundation, and Albert Kavanaugh was the one that laid down that foundation at Bar-Eve. I mean, I haven't been around that long, but you still hear story, stories of Albert teaching all these young guys what to do, how to do it, and that's everything. And welcome back, Bar-Eve and the Bar-Eve podcast. I'm Mike DeCourcy, joined here with our first guest, but it's been a two-part interview. Uh, the man who has been more closely associated with Bar Eve than anybody else in the history of Bar Eve, Charles Albert Cavanaugh, and join here as the Bar Eve podcast, uh, flying under, over, or beside the banner of Impulse Radio, the founder, president of Impulse Radio, Brian Emmons, and uh, and Brian that 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 first one. Uh, that first hour with uh, with Mr. Cavanaugh was 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 certainly something I know we both enjoyed. Well, for, and for somebody like me that that didn't grow up here, and and these are the first time I heard those stories. Just uh, just a fantastic episode that uh, both young and old can enjoy and and uh, learn a lot of a lot of neat stuff. And wanted to say thanks to Redbones for uh, letting us sit in here and, and do this podcast. Yeah, certainly. And this is uh, hopefully where we will. Uh, uh, with with Bar Eve Media, with uh, Dwayne Shake and Shake Broadcasting, uh, have the have the uh, the Bar Eve Coaches Show here this winter with uh, Bar Eve Basketball Coach Josh Thompson, and uh, and, and a lot like you, Brian, um, uh, not from this community uh, originally, an outsider, I guess, if you will, but uh, uh, like uh, like you, I guess we've both married up and married in, and and uh, definitely and I, up, and I'm sure. You know, a lot of what we've heard about Bar-Eve and our introduction to it uh, was was a lot about what we're going to get to here in part two, and that's the uh, that's the athletic side of Bar-Eve. Well, and, and I think Albert touched on it there as we finished up uh, episode number one when he talked about the structure and, and the uh, continuity of, of the program that they saw at Lagodi, and as we sit here today looking backward, they definitely achieved that, and that is the cornerstone of the success of these programs. Yeah, certainly is, and... Uh, and Albert, welcome back. And and uh, and uh, you know certainly you know th some of those stories that I heard in part one. You know most of them I I had already heard. Uh, some of them I haven't. But 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 hopefully a lot of listeners out there uh, may, maybe getting an education or a re-education into you know where we are today and uh, and and where we originated. Well, thank you very very both of you very very much for the invite to be here and. Uh, you know, uh, whenever folks hear anything about the past, they usually digest it in terms of their own uh, feelings, uh, loyalties, and uh, so, you know, I'm sure that uh, maybe some of the things that we say uh, have uh, touched uh, negatively and with some, and others are saying, yep, that's the way it was. Well, and, and, and that's the, uh, you know, it's, it, it's everybody's version of events. This doesn't necessarily, you know, we like to be as factual as we possibly can but 
you know, a lot of life and a lot of everything else is our version of events and, and how and where we were at that particular time. And, uh, and uh, we're all just trying to do the best we can. You know, the yes. great thing about it, when they tweet you and say they don't like what you said, they're listening. So oh. that's the good thing. <laughs> well, amen, amen. <laughs> well, Albert, where we left off in, in, in part one is, uh, you know, we were talking about that, that tumultuous time in the 1970s. Uh, at Bar Eve and, and uh, you know, I, I kind of mentioned, you know, throughout consolidations in Indiana is, 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 you know, so many people experienced that early success and then the, and then the struggles came and, uh, you know, it left off with you being uh, basically responsible for every role at Bar Eve kind of in the mid 1970s from principal and superintendent, athletic director, teacher, baseball coach, um, you, you name it. And, uh, you know, I want to kind of start from the bottom and then we're going to work our way up because I would rather, you know, have a crescendo, Albert, than, than, uh, than maybe uh, have, to, have to justify, you know, 40 years of things that have been good. But, uh, you know, with that being said, the second podcast, part two, is, is devoted a lot to basketball. This is going to be basketball-centric. We'll touch on some other things. And, and, and you mentioned on part one that, that, that the early 1970s, the, the Vikings saw a lot of success, nothing uh, in the tournament uh, that kind of validated that in-season success. But then as you got closer to the, 19, to the mid-1970s, uh, the Vikings kind of fell on some tough times. Well, it, it depends upon how you, you know, look at tough times there. Of course, in 73... 74, you know, we went to, uh, from 20 and 2 in uh, 72 to eight or to 3 and 18 in 74, and then 74, 75, we went to 2 and 19. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say what happens at times whenever that happens. And, you know, fingers point in a lot of different directions. But regardless of which direction it, it uh, the fingers point, that uh, the end result is uh, dissatisfactions in your community, with your fan base, and uh, certainly you know within within the people you're depending on. So that's where we were there in uh, as we came into the '74 or the '75 '76. And, uh, basketball season, and not to yeah, uh, you, you don't want to harp on the bad times, but but I also think you want to you want to tell the truth and you want to be historically accurate. And and I don't know the number. I, I know talking to uh, to to your brother Dave, um, you know the, there there was quite a losing streak. Um, I, I think it was in the early '60s. Um, w was there a substantial? You know, you, you have a three-win season and backed up by a two-win two win season. Was there a substantial losing streak in there, and, and is there a number you can put on that? Well, after that 2-18 and 18, or 2-19 and 19 season, of course, there was a change in the coaching situation. Uh, changing the school board, there was a little bit of changing in superintendent and principal and, boy, from about top to bottom. And... Um, so, anyways, uh, I, I can remember there whenever we, we did hire back uh, Joe Todrank there in 74, 70, or 75, 76 season. And I know when we hired Joe that uh, night, I told him, I said, Joe, I don't see how in the world you can win five ball games this coming season. Uh, he said, well, 
That may be, Albert, but he said, by gosh, he says, uh, I said, I don't see how you can win five games. He said, well, that's as many as you won the last two years. <laughs> but if anybody out there that knows Joe Todrang, you're never going to get the last word. He was always going to have the last word and whatever. And, you know, I think he won or his teams won 14 games that that, that first season yep. of 76. 14 and 7. 14-7. Boy, guys, I'm glad to hear that. Not, you know, I'd almost forgot. When, but you, when you trip up, we're going to jump on this, okay. but you haven't done it yet. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, Joe, getting hiring Joe back there in that year, 75-76, and also there was a couple other, you know, teachers, I think, that were, were hired back, too, that had been dismissed back in um, 71, I think it was, that uh, – uh, and then we went to outside leadership at the superintendent's position with Merle Gould and uh, also Jack Smeltz as, as principal there. Jack came, and I, I'm just so – I'm still so impressed with him. He stayed for 23 and, years, and, I believe. And, and, Albert, not to interrupt you, but, but, but talk a little bit about Mr. Smeltz because you've watched my wife for however many years coach – and you know when her practice starts, there's there's zero downtime, there's there's no interruptions, and I can't remember what year it was, but 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 it but it's been several years ago. Uh, Mr. Smeltz came back uh, at the end of a school day, yeah. and 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 walked into Amber's gym, and Amber basically said, "Girls, go get a drink." And I mean, she she had tears in her eyes, and she, and yeah. she was so happy to see him. T- tell us about him. I, I can understand that because, uh, you know, he was not a hard-nosed individual, but he brought out the best in some folks who really didn't at times exuberate uh, or show very much of the best. And uh, he truly believed in the goodness of the students that he was, you know, in charge of. And... Um, he stayed with us from 76 till I think it was uh, about 90, 97 whenever he retired. And, of course, at the present time, the last time I've talked to Jack and Dot, they live down uh, south of Atlanta with their, with their daughter, well, in the neighborhood of their daughter, who's a, a, a physician, a doctor down there. So, anyways, um, I have a lot to say about uh, Jack and Dot, and also Merle, and uh, you know, and and his wife, her name right now just kind of escaped. He stayed from '76 uh, as superintendent until I think it was '89 uh, when uh, Dr. Joe Woods came aboard and gave us about uh, 10, 11 years of great leadership here, at Bar Reef. And that's uh, you know that that that's one thing you you hear so many of these names and 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 you. Uh, uh, you know, I like to ingratiate and, and get involved with all of these things. But when you talk about those people and, and, and get to know the, the, the people that I have in the years that I've been here, I've never heard, whether it be a former student, worker, uh, teacher, coach, et cetera, um, the memories are 100% fond. Well, I think probably the greatest compliment I've ever heard of uh, uh, Jack Smeltz is that, um, and I'm not sure that I should n- mention the name of the person who said it, that he was probably the nearest person to God that he'd ever met. <laughs> so 
that's that's a pretty good compliment. I'd be flattered to ever hear something like that said of me. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's been said of me. No, of yeah, me either. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, one thing that I think uh, that, that, that people would definitely want to know about, and it's, I think it's something that so many people take for granted, and you talked about it in part one of the interview, uh, but you talked about a lot of a lot of nights, especially in the seventies, uh, when the Vikings would go over to Lagodi and Coach Jack Butcher, and and just the unbelievable um, success that they had, and 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 you're down in the tunnel, and you just think, you know, it, it it's never going to happen, and you know, eventually, I think, you know, you you guys had a couple of choices, especially you, and and those choices are you you can complain about it, you can you can talk about it. Or perhaps you can put um, a system together where maybe eventually you could compete with Lagodi and others. Yeah. Tell us, and I don't think you've been very shy about it over the years, tell us about the beginning of the real Bari Boys basketball program that, 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 that we know here today. Well, it was there about 76, 77, I believe it was, that uh, – you know, we're con concerned about our, you know, elementary program. And, uh, of course, I think the folks who at that time, you know, had been there at, at they, you know, retiring or, or, or leaving the program. Of course, there, there was individuals who were at the junior high, person like Jerry Mangin, that he was seventh and eighth grade coach for many years and I think did a very fine job in helping us. But the continuity... Of course, continuity and stability are, I think, probably something that people handle, you know, quite a bit. But, you know, at the fifth and sixth grade level, that was usually the beginning level at that time. You know, today, my gosh, it's first grade or kindergarten <laughs> yeah. that uh, you have parents usually that are in charge out there with, with their youngsters. But... Uh, you know, we were we were able to. I know Coach Todrank. Uh, I'd been freshman coach uh, seventy five, seventy six, I believe it was, and uh, asked me if I, you know, would consider going down to the lower levels and work. And I think my first, the first person that I that worked at that level with me uh was tony showalter tony of course so was a graduate there of 75 and he was of course in college and down at uh, u of e i believe it was and stayed with that one year and then i think the next year it was steve bullock we always say big steve and, big little, steve steve, and little steve little yeah. steve and uh from there you know it uh, i guess in the late late 70s uh, about 78 79 brett uh, graber brett was a junior senior there in about 78 and you know brett was a very enthusiastic individual and uh, multi-sport uh, person and we worked together at the lower levels there at barry from about 78 i think it was until about 92 whenever brett went to be the uh, let me see. I'm thinking maybe uh, junior high girls varsity basketball coach. So, anyways, it's it been the number of people who through the years that uh, Dwayne Murphy and uh, Mark Mark Graber. Uh, I hope I don't leave anybody out here. But uh, then then we get into the well, I guess into the new century here. Yeah. 
And uh, it's always it's always been a tag team operation at our lower levels. It has to because most of them are going to be young fellows who have wives, they have girlfriends, they have children possibly uh, along the way, and and they have jobs, and maybe not they're not full staff people. Yeah. Some have, and and some have not. But all, I think, have given uh, so much, and I, I just truly just feel so very good about the, the many who have, uh, you know, worked with us. And, of course, the, um, if I start mentioning it here in more recent years, I'm going to leave somebody out. But, um, you know, I noticed over, over at Lagodi back in their heyday years, and even they, look, Odie folks refer to that as their seventies and sixties, seventies, and eighties as their yeah, and, their, and their, as well they should. I, I mean, and they should true. because uh, they. But there again, stability was uh, so, such an important thing, and the continuity. And uh, you know, when like I said, when you see success, you 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 either imitate it, emulate it, or else you try to reinvent the wheel. Well, you know, talking about that, and, and I know, you know, Coach Toadrink, Joe Toadrink comes back, and, um, you, you know, the, 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 the winning spirit, the competitiveness, everything yeah. kind of goes up. But, but I've, I've talked to several people from those, you know, the first days of the program, so to speak, and, and uh, you know, you, you see it work elsewhere, but, but, you know, you're trying it new, um, you know, in a different place, different time, different circumstances, et cetera. And, and there was, I wouldn't say doubt, but there was some question, I think, is this going to work? To, to you, Albert, when and how long were you kind of, you know, the, these legendary Saturday morning practices that everybody talks about now, but, but, but when, and I, and I know there's wins and tournament titles, et cetera, in there, but, but when did you, did you first think, you know what, we've done the good thing, here we, we we have built a system that's going to lead to uh, it's going to lead to 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 to, kin, to uh, continued success uh, Mike, for some, years and years. Mike, sometimes you think that you know this is all something you've planned out and uh, it just all falls into place. And yet, I I believe in good luck. I believe in bad luck. I mean, for a lot of years there in the seventy. I mean. It just seemed like the early 70s, it just seemed like that every year there was an injury, an unbelievable injury at a key moment. There was an unbelievable call or that just changed the whole flow, you know, of, uh, of the game. And, and uh, you know, as we get into, <clears throat> you know, our, uh, you might say, well, okay, let's, let's take the year 1980. The 19 year, the year of 80, Lagoda and Washington were the two biggies. You know, we had a good year. We, you know, I think we were 16, 17 wins going into the, into the sectional. But, you know, Lagoda and Washington were the two top individuals. They, they played each other on that Tuesday night, and Lagoda won. Okay. Gosh sakes, you know, uh, we were not in the bracket with them and we had to play North Davis on, uh, a Friday night and the Cougars were very competitive 
And, um, I mean, it came down to the point we were, we, we, we were down two points with about one, one second to go. You know, they had missed they had missed a free throw, and we had a last second shot. And uh, our main man, Chris Craney, uh, was at the free throw line with one second to go. We're down by two points, sixty five, sixty three, I believe it was. And Chris hit both free throws, tied it up. Okay, that uh, went into overtime. We Barry wound up winning in double overtime, around 73, 72, 73, 71, something like that. But then we then Lagodi was going to be playing WC, and Lagodi I'm thinking was about twenty one and two or twenty two and one or something of that nature, and WC was about four and seventeen. They were not having a real good year. And I and th- this is one of those m- things you, as the years have passed, you just some for some reason remember so much, you know that Lagodi is supposed to just blow them out. There was no right. doubt. Yeah. Well, first quarter, okay, was eight to six or whatever. By halftime, uh, WC was still ahead. You know, by not much, but they were ahead. I mean, this was shocking, and I remember seeing sitting right close to the Ligoti fans, and not many people were moving. Yeah, there at halftime, it was kind of <laughs> right. What's going on here? Third quarter, uh, more of the same, more of the same, and you know, Ligoti began to pile up foul trouble. They, I mean, shots that normally you'd think that would just going in, and got into the fourth quarter. And by that time, Lagodi was in a lot of foul trouble. Timeouts had already run by the board. And um, WC somehow was still, you know, leading. And uh, I remember Coach Todrank uh, turning to me and says, Albert, get Brownie, Elmer Brown, who was our bus driver, get the boys and get them out of here. He said, yeah. I don't want them to see this. If Lagodi comes back and win, they don't need to see this. Right. Because we're going to play the, whoever wins this game tomorrow night. Right. And if WC should happen to hold this, my gosh, I don't want them down there celebrating <sighs> with WC, a team they're supposed to beat. So that's what I did. So I didn't really get to see the last, you know, but the final score was somewhere like 52-34. I mean, who could ever? I, I still consider that to be the biggest upset I have ever witnessed in local right. high school basketball. I mean, Lagodi, a, a team that, and uh, two butcher boys and Birch and Ackerman, you just go on naming people there. Do you remember who WC had? Was was it was it David Bledsoe? David yeah. Bledsoe, <laughs> definitely. See, I've heard the other side of this story. So, <laughs> yeah. so those guys talk about that, and yeah. they thought they were so happy. They didn't know what to do. They stayed all out all night partying. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you sure? I don't know what kind of shape they were in when they you, came to play bar. Are you the next sure night. you want to put this on air? <laughs> I mean, it's not a secret. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, I I did not see the last part of that uh, of that game, but yeah, I I remember getting back up here to Bar Reeve and thinking, my God, we're we're going to be playing WC for a sectional championship tomorrow night, and you know the game is over in the first. Of course, they were you know double teaming our main man Chris Craney, but uh, 
as I remember, Lynn Stahl, I think Lynn hit about her first five or six points. And uh, the game was over within right. with a matter of just, you know, a few minutes. And I think final score was 64-31, something like that. And that was our first sectional. I mean, that was uh, – I mean, it was unbelievable. And from that point on, of course, it took us seven years to win another sectional, uh, 57 – or, excuse me, 87. And, uh, oh, dear, the, the, that – you know, Lagodi Barri, I think we had beaten them here at Barri 68-66, something like that. And it, but it, both teams were very good, having good years. And um, the uh, I, I remember very well having a son that was uh, on on the Barry team, and uh, more in a, a role player as a come first off the bench as in a guard position. And as fate would have it, I remember being awake in about three o'clock in the morning, and hearing in. Noise in the bathroom in the hallway, and going in there and seeing him draped over the commode, just <laughs> sicker than a dog. And I, I moved, just a few hours before, I'd sat on the side of his bed, and talking about, hey, this could be the last, our last game. We had to play Lagodi in the first game of the sectional. Yeah. And uh, so, as the first quarter. <laughs> I think Lagodi is up 12-10 in the first quarter, and our point guard at the time, Scott Graber, uh, had picked up his second foul. And, of course, we didn't know whether Mike was even going to be able to play. Right. Until, I mean, he, he went with us, but, my gosh, he was on Pepto-Bismol, I think, the, most of that day. And uh, Coach Homer uh, Coach walked down the bench there, and, Kavanaugh, you think you can make it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> and I mean, that's the this is this is the sort of thing I have just so frequently reminded of teams since and young guys, do not give up to your aches and pains yeah. and your what's you know, you may miss the biggest moments of your life and your career if you give up too early, too easily. Yeah, and uh, well. You know, of course, this is old dad talking right now, even all these years later. But can remember, you know, the very how 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 it happened. That uh, I think he, we were up, we won by forty-one to thirty-seven. I think thirty-eight, long in there. But uh, he hit fifteen of our last thirty points. Really, that we scored, thirty thirty-one points we scored. And I mean, that was, was a career. Yeah. I mean, and yet you see this sort of thing happen. I mean, where someone who wasn't exposed to do that sort of thing, right. it, but we wound up, you know, beating them and then the next night uh, beating, uh, let's see, in the championship beating. Um, That's WC, right? WC, yeah. And that was, that was a big game. That was the game where Jason Omer hits the big uh, shot. That puts us, uh, you know, that nails the game down. I think Mark Graver had hit one to put us in overtime, and then Jason hit the shot to win the game. So uh, that was our second. Uh, it, it took us 25 years plus to win our first sectional in 1980. It took us seven years to win our second one in 87. And, and it took that us... Uh, 
another five years to win our third in in 92. Going back to 75-76 real quick, because looking through the records, that was a pretty big cornerstone for you after those two disappointing seasons. and You predicted five wins, new coach, yeah. old coach, but a new coach coming yeah. in. What what was the difference there? Somebody come out that didn't expect well, or just play you know, maturity? Uh, of course, Coach, coach Todrank, he brought a very positive uh, – you know, he was not new to Bar Reeve. Hell, right. he'd been there before. And um, – so, uh, you know, some of the folks, as I remember, on that team, you know, Kenny Graver. Kenny was our center. <laughs> he wouldn't exactly be considered a, a big kid. And uh, Gary, Gary Knepp, Merv Knepp, his younger brother, and uh, some sophomores there. There was Bob, Bob Miller and Brian Hart and um, Steve Bullock. Steve would have been in in that in that mix there too. That might I know have been I'm leaving out somebody. That might have been the difference though. Some young kids stepped up yeah. and, and, and and those and uh, yeah. yeah. There was there were some youngsters that stepped from the freshman class that had coached a few years before to that Mark Graber. I don't know if I mentioned Mark there, but uh, uh, they uh, yeah. It, it, a winning attitude, you know, success breeds success. And uh, I think we got away from some of the injuries, too, that had taken us out of some big moments in some in previous years of the 70s. So well, I believe in good luck. I, st- I believe in bad luck as well. Well, going back to the program for a second, Albert, and I know, uh, you know, it had already started by 1980 and then into 1987. Uh, how, how many years did it take – of that of, of the program the, the the Saturday morning practices not where you can you know fall into one and that you know I'm, I'm not trying to rip anything that happened in 1980 but that's that's legendary stuff that we're talking about 40 years later but but when did you feel like how many years did it take where you thought you know what every year going in we got a shot we can we can do this how, how long Oh goodness! I'm not sure I could put a a, a number on on that, Mike. But uh, you know, after you win that 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 first one, breaking through, it's yeah, it does change your mindset. And uh, you Almost, know, like I we said, we can versus we could. We right? can rather than we could. And uh, you know, in '84, uh, eighty yeah, '84, that we played Lagoda in the championship game. Or 83, let's go back to 83 there. You know, we went went into the sectional championship game with Washington. Uh, and, of course, they were, you know, considered very, very good team. And, um, oh, goodness sakes, I'm trying to think. Well, that was Craig Neal. Craig Neal. Craig Neal. And we led them into the fourth quarter. And they won. And, you know, that would be the last, the last sectional Washington would win in the single class system and even really would be the last sectional they would win in their own gym until 205 I believe it was in the Zeller yep Luke uh, Zeller's senior year I think L- it was. listen to the birdies bourbon and basketball podcast we've yeah. got uh, that just dropped this week with Luke Zeller nice interview with him yeah. so yeah. but but that they they went 23 years in their own gym without winning a sectional which wow. You know, in a way, is it, it, kind of mind-boggling, but it happened. It is. It really is. And from from that from '84 until well, I guess you'd say 
Well, the end of the from that to the end of the, you might say one class system in '97, it was either Lagodi, Bar River, WC that won sectionals, and uh, you know it seemed you think back on it, it, it just seems so unreal of how things have gone different directions for different teams that were involved, right. you know, in the, in those years. Well, well, talk about Albert the. Uh, whether it's it's the NBA, whether it's uh, high school, whether it's college basketball, uh, you know I, I I love the Indiana Hoosiers, and it and, and it seems like for for twenty years since uh, since Coach Bob Knight was fired, IU has always searched for the next guy, and the next guy has never, you know, brought that continued success. And I think one area where we're not just Barib, but probably the program has really helped. Is our, is our coaching transitions throughout the years, whether it be from Toad Rank to Coach Dave Omer to Coach Brian Hughes, as far as having relatively seamless coaching transitions, uh, we've been very lucky and we've done a very nice job with that. Yeah, you mentioned the, I, the word lucky. I, I, like I, I said before, we, I believe in good luck. I believe in bad luck. And they're 92. Uh, I, I have to interject a little personal matter here because, and, you know, Brian knows this. Brian was not my choice. He was not my choice. In fact, I had resigned. I had written a letter to Dr. Woods that, uh, you know, uh, Joe Todrank was wanting to come back, and he'd been with us, had helped to jumpstart our program a couple times, and felt like that if he wanted to come back, that he had a certainly a good right to be considered. But uh, powers that be at that time uh, saw it differently, and and uh, I have to admit that, yeah, I I maybe having a pity party that my thoughts were not being uh, adhered to or thought about or recognized. And so I'd written full resignation, all athletic participation at Bar Reef. But then a young man, a young former student, good friend, came to my house and in the basement I was talking to Grant Oles. Grant was on the school board at that time Mm -hmm. at Bar Reef. And Grant, of course, well, his choice would, was uh, Brian Hughes. And, of course, mine was Joe Todrank. And he, John Knapp. John, uh, a, one of our outstanding athletes of the, back in the 60s, played four years of varsity ball and, of course, was on our first winnings team, winning uh, there of 67. Mm-hmm. And... He sat and listened to Grant and I talk for a while, and he could tell the conversation going downhill. Yeah. And directly, John said, Albert, can I, can I say something? And, uh, you know, this is how fragile, how fragile big decisions become. Personally and, you know, the ramifications that flow out from that. And... Um, he said, Albert, I, I understand what, you know, he said, my feelings are the same. He said, I played for Joe Todrank, and Joe's my, my coach that I, but he said, if you go ahead and do what you say you're going to do, he said, uh, you're going you're gonna to create a lot of adversity in, in this community that you can't, 
you really can't believe. Yeah. And he said, on top of that, he said, if you go ahead and do this, you're going to hurt the people the very most who think the most of you. You talk about a life-changing statement that to this day. You know, I know John's having a lot of health problems these days. I just, my heart aches. I talked to him this afternoon and, you know, just, oh my. But that was a life-changing statement he made. If you do what you say you're going to do, you're going to hurt the people the most who think the most of it. That was a, a bucket of ice water in my face. Yeah. I could not handle that. Knowing he had three sons who were over the next six years, seven years, were going to be instrumental in the situation. Yeah. And I folded like a, as they say, like a weed on a hot summer day. <laughs> did you have a plan? Did you know what you wanted to do? Or did you, well, did you start looking around? Or once, once, once he said that and Grant had left, and then uh, I said, John, is this the way you really feel? He said, yes. Okay, then I made a 180-degree turn. I said, okay, let's get the dads together here in, tonight in my, my, my basement. And, and we met and uh, decided that, hey, we, if we can do one or two things. We can just sit and fold our arms back and say, okay, let's see what you guys can do now, whoever brought in. Right. But... Uh, I said, oh, otherwise we can get behind the person they've selected by two to one vote and, uh, you know, make the best of it. Yeah. That's what we did. So I got to ask a question. So was that a, was that a move on your part to try to get your way or was that really a sincere, I'm out of here? Well, I think it, it, it had to be the realistic and the real, you know, that, there was no future to to fight it, right? And you know, I had seen places where you know that, and every time that a coach is let out anywhere, I don't care what it is, there's always people who are personal friends or or you know they feel close to them, and they they don't want to you know they're going to be saying sit back and say okay let's see what you can do, and we had had. I think at that time we were well into goodness sakes, 20 some winning seasons in a row, sure. you know, and we had some folks that were in the, in the, in the wings here that, you know, um, it was, uh, Bryant Nepp and Shad true love and not to mention John, John Nepp and Jeffrey Nepp and Ryan Hayes and, uh, Kevin Foreman. I mean, kids that, you know, we, you you cannot just satisfy your own your own likes and dislikes and without hurting a lot of other people yeah and so you know we i i, I right at that meeting had gotten brian's phone number and called him right there with the other guys other co uh the players dads present there in my basement and called brian and Introduced who I was, and he said, yeah, I've heard of you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, invited him to come down before the meeting. The meeting, he wasn't going to, they weren't going to meet till the next Friday. This was, or excuse me, the next Thursday night. And the meeting was going to be at the community building, which tells you how big a, you know, they anticipated that the crowd was going to be. I saw a movie kind of similar to this called Hoosiers one time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, that uh, as exactly, exactly. Well, and uh, so you know, um, Brian, uh, you know, he did come down on the following Tuesday, and we met a lot of the parents and everything. And the meeting was held on Thursday night. It went two to one, and uh, Brian was elected, and we, you know, we went from there. So and, Olds was Olds was one of the two. Who was the other one? Uh, Pat Ash, Pat wanted, uh, Brian and, uh, Galen, Galen, Galen who, well, in fairness to Galen, Galen but, had played for, yes, for he Coach did. Joe Tokerink. Yes, he yeah. did. He played, but his, his version, he did not vote against him. He just simply said, I abstained. I just feel like there's a better right. choice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, well, look, looking how things, and then Brian has come for 26 years. Yeah. My so, so, gosh. It's, so, you know, just changing gears a little bit on that albert you know so obviously that's a good marriage and uh one of the most fond memories that i look back on and it and it seems like a lot of the fond memories we have at bar eve you know are, are, are kind of born out of, of of tragedy sometimes and and you talked about yeah. tony murphy yeah uh earlier uh you know my 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 tony murphy moment um was september 29th 2013 with brandon wagler and you know that 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 year was uh it, it's still a blur it's it's a it's a devastating loss not not only to the family uh amber's family and 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 the community um but you know you lose your best and brightest a great athlete a valedictorian and and and, and you lose yeah. him too young and and that happens you know basically uh a month ago in the volleyball season and and uh you know, we we'd been in class sports for several years by by that point in 2013, and and I remember you sitting down and telling, uh, you know, Jeff Doyle and I, you know, one day at the lunch table, you know, you you, you hoped you lived long enough to see a Bar Eve team, because oh, Con Connor Sorrells had won the cross country state yes. championship the year before, yeah. but you 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 really wanted to see a Bar Eve team win a state championship, and that was a bar that was the first team state title. Yeah. The volleyball team got it, and I remember kind of MC in the pep session that night and mentioning the fact that you wanted to see one and, and you held the number two up in the air. You wanted to see a second one and everybody laughed and thought it was great. 2015. 2015. My, my. Did, did that validate everything? What, what are you thinking as the game goes on and, uh, and, 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 and as we finally, um, you know, kind of get the job done, especially how close it was the year before? Well, you know, when I – think of that year and of course losing to orleans in the graver post that year and you know you talk about a low moment yeah that was not that you know we lost but uh, you know orleans was a good team they were they were always a good team a good competition but that would we could not know then but that was going to be our last loss of the season that, you know, when I think of teams at Bar Reeve that have not lost their last game, of course, that was definitely the team of 215 that won the state championship. It was, uh, and then, of course, the team of this past year, uh, they did not lose their last game. Right. And then I still hold on to a team back there in 209 that didn't lose their last game. They just didn't get a play on. <laughs> But uh, you know, so so obviously there's that win. 
and and I tell a lot of people that, and I've been friends with the guy for a, for a long time, and I, I don't know if you want to give him a small assist, but I think everybody in Viking Nation, you know, going into that 2015 tournament, I you know, I think all eyes were on the, that potential regional championship game. And, I you know, I think – we had we had defeated Orleans narrowly earlier in the year. We had lost to them narrowly at the Graber Post on a neutral court, and then we're you know we're going to play them in the championship at uh, you know in the Lagodi Regional, and, and and basically at that time I you know I think the consensus was that um, you know the winner's going to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, yes. and. You know, I, I've got a confirmation bias. I understand that. I, f- I feel like I've been friends with every coach, you know, that I've known here from, you know, whether it's my wife or Brian. But uh, still to this day, you, you're not going to convince me that I've ever seen a better coaching job than Josh Thompson's Wood Memorial team did against Orleans that morning. And it was at 1980s level stuff, but, man, that was an upset. It was. I did not see the end of that game because, you know, we had the, the Vikings right here in uh, these confines here. Yeah. Uh, with the playing, you know, eating here at uh, what I call the Barry Alumni Center. Um, <laughs> now the Barry Broadcast Center. Well, whatever. <laughs> Studios. Whatever. You know, whatever fits the situation. But, uh, you know, we went, and, of course, the kids were keeping track on the radio, you know, and it was a back-and-forth game. But we wound up up at the high school in the south hallway. And, I mean, everybody's ga- gathered around this one. Whoever it was that had that one cell phone or whatever it was they were listening to. And, I mean, whenever Wood Memorial wound up winning, I, I just remember by looking at each other, like, you know, we're supposed to be playing Orleans tonight. Yeah. That, that's what everything was focused on. It's in that loss to them in the Graver Post up at uh, Graver, up at Graver Post there uh, that year. And that was the last loss that they had that year. And so, Shades you know, of that W.C. Lagodi win, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, yeah. you know, through the years over the you see all kinds of unbelievable, unthinkable situations happening, and yet it's, uh, you know, it becomes history at the way it happened. And, the, and that was, you know, talking to Josh, he, he, you know, and he was still a younger coach, but he said, you know, part of that regional was – you. you we talk about upsets. You know, he's coming at it as a competitor. I'm going to play this person in the morning and this person at night. And, and, he, and he felt like, you know, they did so much preparation for Orleans that week. Uh, you know, did, did, did they give Bar-Eve their best shot that night? And, and it, you know, it's certainly an interesting, an, an, an interesting uh, you know, dynamic. They had a very young team. Um, but I, I, I just remembered sitting with some of the people that he, he used to coach with when they were kind of hanging in at halftime, and they said, watch what's about to happen. And they, and they had adjusted their, their defensive strategy, and their whole thing that week was, you know, wait, if, if we're in the game, we're going to go to this triangle in two, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And it was, and it was uh, you know, it, it, it was stunning. And I, I, I just think that uh, – I think it lightened the atmosphere around the Bar Eve – you know, team and community that day because we knew, hey, the, you know, Wood Memorial, young, talented, 
but but also young and talented and 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 our experience went out and that's gradually what that what what happened that night yeah that's uh oftentimes what happens when a team who was not expected to win winds up expecting and their energies and their mental mental part of it has been exhausted to the point where you know we did more than we were expected to do and you know it's and 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 barry was definitely the better team in in that in that situation as they eventually improved whenever they go up and beat the team right there and uh up at indianapolis that had they'd lost to the year before in an overtime um when coach hughes retires in, in 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 2018 and uh, you know, obviously, this is a very you know, it's a sought-after job, and you and you've got, uh, you know, I know that was a really stressful time for the administration, and and you've got a summer, and and you've got, uh, you know, it's 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 a sought-after position, but 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 you were pretty quick, Albert, back in that in that period of time to 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 kind of rally around, endorse what whatever you want to call it, you know, the, the current guy at the head. Uh, of the program, Josh Thompson. What what were some things that you saw where he did elsewhere that you thought could translate to to, to big wins at Barry? Well, you know, Josh. Uh, of course, I remembered him as a player at uh, Bloomfield back in '98. I think it was '98, '99, and they beat us pretty soundly, sixty-two to forty-six. You know, with, well, we had a, a good team. You know, at that time. The sectional championship winning team. Um, well, we were, let's see, 97, we were sectional championship, but 98, we yeah. didn't. Okay. We, we uh, made a run, but. Uh, yeah, I, I was didn't. fast forwarding to 99. Yeah. Okay, 99. Yeah, 99. But um, I tell you what, there, you know, he was over at Ligoti for four years, I believe was, Josh was, then the Springs Valley, and I, I saw what happened over there. I mean, the way he was able to, of course, we weren't playing Springs Valley, you know, in the seasons because we, back some years before, we had, uh, you know, parted with them mutually because we were playing teams from uh, Kentucky, I think it was, and we've not got back on the schedule with them, but I understand next year I think we are, or maybe the next year. Okay. But uh, the things that, uh, you know, I've seen, you get a feeling about a certain person, about individuals. Uh, You know them at a distance, and you kind of listen to what others have to say about them. And... um, you know, I, I, I just feel like I can say without a, without a doubt, I, I mean, I, I'm not glad to see Brian gone, but I'm just glad Josh is here. Yeah. I, I think we had a home run. If, if, if a change or a, a resignation had to come, then um, I, I just feel like we hit a home run. Very personable and uh, seems to mix very well with the youngsters that uh, I think they – genuine feel he has their back and on their side well and and i think coming in when he did it's a great job it's also an extremely difficult job josh said he said i'd even when he played for bloomfield he said i always admired kind of envied the barry their tradition we knew then we were playing a heck of a tradition there and of course we also when we play bloomfield we know we're playing quite a tradition and um he also made a statement that uh, I, I thought was uh, kind of similar to what Coach uh, 
Dave Omer had said, whenever, you know, uh, one of the reasons that he gave for wanting to come here is that I've been to a lot of places that, you know, have potential winning. But he said, uh, I've been to a lot of those places that uh, sometimes know how to lose, but he said, I like to finish out with no, being in a place where it knows how to win. Well, a couple of – And expects to win. And expects to win. There you go. A couple of quick questions here before we finish up, Albert. And this may put you on the spot a little oh, bit. Oh, surely not. Nothing yes. you said and before. Now has put we're me on talking. The spot. And every time I've been on, you know, with, with, with my friend Brian Emmons over here, there's, uh, you know, there's always a five quick questions or this or that. But uh, this is just a couple one, and 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 sometimes I think to deal with the, uh, you know, the pleasure, you also have to address the pain. So, Albert, this is year sixty. And this has been a, 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 a basketball-centric, uh, you know, event here in part two. In your time, and I know we addressed the situation in 2009, and, let, and let's just throw that one out the window. Oh, no. Yeah. How can you do that? Well, it's, you know, I, 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 I think there's so many layers to that, and it's been cut and sliced and dissected. Yeah. But in, in your time in these 60 years, what's a loss where you came back and you're just like, I don't know if it's ever going to be any worse than this. Ouch. Ouch. I tell you what, uh, you know, in 72, that's a long way back. I don't remember that. They, well, okay, I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they were 20 and one. Or, well, yeah, in the sectional. And yep. they... Um, they lost their first game of the season, and you know losing losing in that particular game in the sectional was devastating. It was not just the the game that was lost, but knowing that the community needed something very badly to rally around. You know, knowing what we had at that time, that was definitely one of our better teams of all you know of all time. Uh, gosh, another loss that was uh, well. Of course, the the two hundred nine. My gosh, I mean, it's. I, I'm thinking more in terms of the team games that I mentally felt like we lost, and yet came back to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two, that's part two of this question. Oh, okay. so don't get too far ahead All of right. yourself. But uh, the, the the other, you know, hurt. Uh, losses you know that hurt a lot Two, 284 was definitely one too and that was the one i think that sealed um, joe todranks at years at barry i think he just we led the practically the entire game and we had so many points taken off the board by oh illegal block illegal screen illegal tra- or travel you know and Sitting so close to, shall we say, the heart of the action and hearing the commentary from sidelines that, you know, it just, we wound up, you know, losing. And uh, I think it was devastating and brought about a change in coaching. I think, I think I was so destroyed Joe Todrank's competitive spirit at Bar Reed that I can't beat Ligoti. And let's talk about the best win. And, and I know there's a lot of, you know, obviously, 2015 validates everything. You know, we, we had a great performance in the sectional. 
this year where, 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 where it's close and then you have a great quarter and then it gets close and you blow it back open again. There, there's a lot of things, but not, not only your best win, but uh, may, maybe a game where you, where, where you come off the floor and, and, and the sum of the parts or a coaching job, you're just like, man, this, 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 one, this one feels really, really good. Oh, boy. Well, first what comes to mind is uh, 1980. You know, we're down to a very good North Davis team. And, uh, you know, um, somehow with one second to go and your main man on the line, and uh, we've never won a sectional in 25 years, well, over 25, and Bar Reeve and uh, Chris Craney. Hits the two free throws that puts us in the into overtime, and we wound up winning. And then you know that becomes kind of a aftermath. That was wow. I mean, that was just just awesome. And and uh, and I have to say again, then moving fast forward to '87, uh, Sun Mike is able to hit the free throws with just seconds remaining, and we, you know, he came off. Came out of the sick bed onto the floor, and I mean, has given me so much just passion through yeah. the years to advise and to tell the kids at the lower levels and anybody who'll listen, you cannot give up to your aches and pains. And that's, I'm sorry on this pandemic thing we're in now. now we're, we're really missing the boat on that big time. You know, in fact, you don't even have to you know, uh, be, have aches and pains. You just happen to be near the wrong person to be, you know, uh, de de you know, deprived of being a part of whatever you need to be a part of. But, you know, I digress a little bit there. Uh, another one, of course, the uh, 219, 218, the game with Lagodi. We're down 36 to 22 going in the fourth quarter, I believe. I mean, we're beat. The game, right. nothing's yeah. going right. Yeah, it's over. It's done. It's done. And then to come back as it did, I mean, I, I think those unbelievable comebacks uh, register in your mind so very, very much that uh, those are the greatest, you know, the comebacks of of all all time and what they represent you know it just helps to just it's not like it's like you won one but yet you've won two or three because it it just creates a we can win we're expected to win and when you're expecting to win it makes things i think a lot more likely to happen and your kids believe in it and uh, having been around locker rooms at times whenever you know, you hear those last comments. It's uh, it's very reassuring. You know that that that's part of it. You got to believe you can. You got to believe it can happen. And um, you know, as we're on the brink of a, you know, who knows this year, but with the schedule that we see, you know, yeah. already on the table, that <laughs> how can anyone ever say we're interested in? in uh, numbers and w just winning how many you win a season i mean to schedule some of these teams well you know going back to the yet, season i you know not to step on you here albert but i 
you know, I remember Josh saying, you know, that, that was one of the things we didn't want to disclose to the guys. We, you know, we wanted to play Bloomington South or Carmel. If we could get yeah. one out of the two, that'd be a really primetime yeah. game. It's obviously going to be incredibly difficult, but it'll be great for the kids and the community to look forward to. I just, and we get both of them. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's crazy. I just hope that virus hysteria does not, you know, somehow get into the picture and diminish the possibility of this season, even just to play. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a little personal thing, you know, you know, talking here, but, uh, uh, you know, we've got to let the kids play. They they do not need to be cheated out of their youth and the things that they can do by things that are, oh, well, you know, just the supposing of this and that and the other thing. It's uh, uh, let them play. They've got to play. Win or lose, they got to play. Brian, I'm not sure wiser words have ever been spoken. Well, not by me. <laughs> well, Albert, it's certainly been uh, uh, great going down memory memory lane, and uh, it's uh, you know, like, like I said, the whole goal of, of what we're trying to do here with the Bar Eve podcast is is maybe retell some things that, that that people think they know, but maybe they don't know quite everything. Yep, Mike, I, I just you know like to wind this up at least in my part by saying to the goodness this place, you know, Bar Reeve, I just feel so fortunate to have been able to play some small parts in it. You know, that uh, it's, uh, I've always said, there's never that that one person, they're just got, it's got to be a team effort. And and we've been fortunate enough to have that for a lot of years and just hope it can, you know, can continue. To the good is this place, the kindness, the, the support, and the love of a lot of people. I personally owe everything. We hope you'll come back and do this again. Oh, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, from here on, Mike. All right. Thank well, you, Mike, Brian, for your – Thank you. Yes. It was good to have you. You know, I, I just got done listening to a podcast about the television show The Office, and it's called The Oral History of The Office. And I think we have started – we had the idea. You're, you're executing it. It's great. But we have started the oral history of Bar Reeve. Well, and, and that's, that's a goal, the whole goal of this. And, and, and Brian, I thank you and all of the people at, 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 at uh, Impulse Radio and, and uh, your son Sam and, you know, however we, uh, we move forward on this. But I, I don't think we can come up with a better guest here uh, right off the bat than uh, Mr. Charles Albert. That's absolutely himself. correct. I, be, I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, hey, thank you for uh, tuning in. First two episodes of uh, the Bari podcast in the books, part one, part two with Albert Cavanaugh. And uh, give us a like, give us a, a subscription, give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's on Apple, iTunes, uh, Podbean, Spotify, anywhere Google else. Google Podcasts. Yeah, Google Podcasts. And, of course, on the Bari Media Facebook page. And as I say, if you can't hear it there, we'll just yell it out the window. We will yell it out the window <laughs> like we did back in Pike County back in the day, Charles Albert. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for uh, tuning in, and we will catch you guys here in just a couple of weeks. So long, everybody.